everybody. Welcome back to The Undiscovered You, a podcast for 20, 30, and 40-year-old people who feel like they have so much more to offer, but are just somehow stuck. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season, we're talking all about marvelous mentors. However, today, we're going to turn it on its head, and we are going to talk to a marvelous mentee. So Alex, it's so good to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Fantastic. So Alex, I came across in my day job and she was actually on something that we were doing for women in leadership within our organization and was talking all about the experiences that she had had with her mentors. And immediately I said, we've got to get her on the show. (laughs) So Alex, I would love to hear a little bit about yourself. First of all, where's this absolutely gorgeous accent from? Gorgeous accent is from Dublin in Ireland. Um, and as Kimberly pointed out, yes, I have kissed the Blarney Stone, so there will be a lot of talk on this podcast today. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dublin, born and raised, um, but I've been living in London, God, for the last 13 years. Um, but I've managed to hold on to that Irish accent. Well done. Uh, so you've been living in London for the past 13 years. Give me a bit of uh, give a bit of background in terms of education, where you've worked, that sort of thing. Cool. So um I studied back home here in Dublin. I actually went to an institute of technology, we call them here in Tala, uh, and I studied IT. Um, so at the time, not many women. In, in fact, in our final year in university, we had seven girls out of 40 graduates. Um, so it was an interesting time. Um, brilliant learning curve, but IT wasn't for me. As you can mm. tell, I'm definitely a people person. So being stuck behind a computer, um, I was never gonna find my way forward. I started working for an Irish bank whilst I was in university, um, summer holidays, uh, doing kind of like temp work. Um, And they asked me to come and join when I finished uh, uni. So I started with Allied Irish Bank back home in Dublin. um, And I was working actually in what they call the convenience banking team, uh, which was effectively online support for internet banking. And that was back in the day when you had to dial up with a modem. It was a long time ago, Emily. <laughs> so I worked in convenience banking for about 18 months and realized that my skill set was absolutely working with um, people, client facing. Um, I like a good chat. I'm ridiculously curious, boarding on nosy. Um, so to get into the world of commercial and corporate banking, I moved over into a corporate banking world uh, where I worked in the Irish bank for about three years before taking a big leap and deciding to move to the big bad city of London with AIB. And I worked in capital markets doing kind of corporate banking, leverage finance, that kind of world for a good few years. Um, And then I moved on, stayed in banking and I moved on and I worked for NatWest for five years um, out in a more regionalized office, slightly smaller businesses. And then I joined Lloyd's uh, where we got to know each other um, about four years ago. Um, so I'm a banker through and through um, with an IT degree um, and I've met some wonderful um, people along the way who've supported my career because as you can imagine as a female in the banking industry uh, it's been interesting but equally rewarding. Amazing and I love that fact that you said uh, curious as opposed to being nosy I think that I think I'm gonna start using that I'm just just yeah just curious that's that's all it is. Just curious about what your business is doing, you know, same, same. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And yeah, and this whole idea of kind of the banking industry being quite male dominated, um, you know, being in IT. I mean, I I know I have a I have an aunt who actually got a master's in IT, if you can imagine in the 70s. Uh, So she was the only one. So at least you had a a couple more that were in there with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> she was the computers were the size of a room at that point. Uh, but yeah, so very interesting that you've done these kind of male dominated areas, this degree, working in banking, and yet you were able to kind of find these fantastic mentors along the way. Can you can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, like if I row it back, right, my first genuine um, mentor, um, and she won't mind me mentioning her name, her name is Samantha Jenkinson. And um she was a peer of mine. Was, I think actually she was technically more senior. She's going to kill me now. Um, but when I joined convenience banking, um, she was just a source of knowledge, but also a source of reassurance. Um, so I think our, our mentor relationship kind of happened informally. Um, and, you know, she was always that person you could go to and ask the silly questions. Now, I know there's no such thing as a stupid or a silly question, but especially when you're starting out in your career, there's so many questions you want answered. And she was just a fountain of knowledge and support. So there's nothing that you could um you couldn't ask her um equally she would be the cheerleader and and the kind of you know she'd give you a cuddle at times because you know you'd probably fall flat in your face you'd make a mistake you're trying to dust yourself back off again and she'd be like listen put your good big girl shoes on and just get on with it mm. um so she was probably my first mentor um and that kind of fell into place in a very informal way and then probably continued even after I left that team I would still call her for reassurance um when I needed my resilience boots filling um she was just a good fountain of, of support and knowledge um it's probably wrong to say but a lot of my, the strongest mentors I've had in my career have been female mm. Um, because, you know, a lot of people say, look for somebody uh, who has the behaviors that you want to aspire to have, you know, has similar kind of thoughts around, you know, the way you like to present yourself or how you want to cross your leadership style, etc. Um, so as I moved into more of the corporate world, kind of coming from a, a non-graduate background, kind of being new into the team and a bit more of a senior level, I found a wonderful woman called Hilary Gormley. Um, Hilary's still a very good friend of mine today. Um, and she, what I would call, was kind of more, more of my tough love mentor. Yes. You know what I mean? She and was probably something I needed. So I was at a stage where I was really trying to accelerate my career. I was in a new environment. Um, it was definitely male dominated. I was probably insecure and said sorry 75 times a day. Mm. Um, and she just she was the tough love. She's like, listen, Alex, if you want to be exceptional, you've got to work hard. Um, and she would give me some tough love some days. But equally, she would give me she wouldn't give me a cuddle, but she would give me a pat on the back. Now mm. she gives me an espresso martini and tells me to have a good night out. But um, she was she was a, another great, um, great mentor. Uh, and I've met, met another lady called Rachel Nocton, um, who I'm meeting for dinner next Monday. Yeah. Um, but Rachel was kind of the mentor that I aspired to be. I met Rachel whilst doing a deal, quite a big deal back home in Ireland. And her approach to how she structured a credit deal, her way with clients, um, her just natural ability um, was outstanding. And I wanted, you know, I found someone who I really aspired to be like. Um, and I really sat in Rachel's coattails for a long time. And she was my mentor, I'd say, for about a good 12 years. In fact, when she moved, she moved to London not long after me. And we continued our mentor relationship in London for many, many years. Um, but she was my mentor that, that I aspired to be. And I'm not quite there yet. She's definitely still more senior than me, but I'm still chasing her down. And she'll still give me tips and hints of kind of how to improve myself. And then more recently, I've kind of moved. Um, I, I guess I've, I've come to a stage now where I really need to progress my career. I've kind of come out of having the kids. I really wanted to get back firing on all cylinders. And I met a guy called David Atkinson. Mm. Um, he works um, in the bank with me and um, he's probably been my most structured mentor 
um, you know, he's, you, you have to come prepared to his sessions. And that's how we built the good rapport between us. It was like, look, I'm giving you some of my time. How are we going to use this? And equally, let's self-reflect. Let's do feedback. Let's really understand how these sessions are working, because if they're not working, we move on. Um, and if they are working, we move forward. Um, so he's been probably my most structured mentor and one I'm currently working with kind of on a monthly basis. But I've met some weird ones, Kimberly, along the way. I've met some that haven't, relationships have not been as one would have expected. It becomes formulaic. It, you know, it, it kind of ticks a box because you're put on a development program. You're told to get a mentor. You reach out to someone you've never really met before. You meet them a few times and then you realize none of us are getting anything out of that. Mm. Um, and that, that so, begs the question. So how, how do you dump a mentor? That is a big I, yeah, mm. I've dumped one or two, um, which makes me sound like a codeless, um, you know, cold, uh, unloving, um, un very ungrateful person. I think it's about honesty, right? Relationships are relationships, whether it's in your personal life or your work life. There's got to be a two way relationship and there's got to be give and take and there's got to be something in it for everybody. Um, and I think it's about being open and honest. You know, if I'm going to sit in a room and spill my heart out and kind of open up myself to an individual, if they're doing it because they've been told to mentor someone <laughs> to help their progression or because they kindly signed up to a program, you're not going to get that same rapport. You know, there's got to be a huge amount of trust between a mentor and a mentee. I think me personally as a mentee, the way I respond best is where I have that trusted open relationship and you can ask for the feedback. You're open to getting that critique back um, and you feel that person is coming from a place of knowledge but equally they're coming from a place where they want to support and help you mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it was a conversation don't do it by text or email be a big girl or a big guy and pick up the phone and call them and explain why mm -hmm. and listen you know one guy I dumped inverted quote invert, inverted commas um, agreed with me he was like, listen, we just didn't click. And I was like, yeah, we just didn't click. You know, it's like being on a Tinder date. You just, it didn't get go where you expected. <laughs> and, and he appreciated it and it moved on. Another guy just kind of said, okay, fine, no worries. Um, best of luck with your career. And we've never spoken since. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, I think there's something in that in terms of the building of the trust and being able to know when it's working and when it's not for the building of a trust. So for people who are kind of struggling with that, they have a mentor that they actually really like, they like the way that they operate, you know, let's say that it's their kind of Rachel to them. What can you do to build trust? To build the trust? Hmm. I, I think you have to, first of all, prove that you're not wasting their time, right? Usually you're going to a mentor because they're experienced, they're, you know, they are successful, um, they're in a high powered or a busy job. So first of all, don't waste their time. Okay, so go prepped. What do you want to get out of this relationship? You know, is it that you want to upskill yourself in a certain area? Is it that you want to grow your confidence? Is it that you want to just soundboard thoughts and ideas? You know, I, and I'm not a very overly formulaic person, but you've got to build some form of an agenda for that, especially those initial conversations. So at least there's some value in that 40 minutes or an hour or that coffee that you're having with them. So you've got a real agenda. Um, and then you've got to seek their feedback, right? So why else are you there? You're there to seek their feedback. So as soon as they say something slightly negative or you know, critiquing you about something, you can't put your guard up straight away. You've got to be open to that. So you've got to go into those conversations feeling open and ready for where they're going to take you. Um, so yeah, I'd just say be a bit more prepared, 
initially, you know, open yourself up as much as you feel comfortable to and the trust will come with it. Seek feedback. Um, and then as the relationship grows, you'll be willing to give them feedback because, you know, they probably want to hear how it's working for, for you as much as you want to hear how it's working for them, etc. I totally agree with that. And I think for the building of trust, what I've always found is when I'm open and honest with other people, they are open and honest back. And there are people that are not, there are people that are closed doors. They are emotionally closed off. They will not. And you need to ask yourself whether you can still get something out of that relationship. And if they have some kind of direction they can give you, but if you start to open up to somebody and that trust isn't being built, really assess whether or not that's the right relationship for yeah. you. Definitely. Um, also could not agree more with that preparation point. It drives me crazy when a mentee comes and has nothing to talk about. Like they haven't talked, they, they don't even bring their development plan. Cool. Nothing. I know. Just bring something. Bring, bring something. And yeah, bring something. And even if we go totally off piste and decide, no, that's not what we're going to talk about at all. You know, bring something. So say, this is what I've been told I need to develop on. This is why I want a mentor. It's not, I think you're amazing and I want to come and sit in a room with you. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, hey, can we have coffee? Because I think you're really senior and you might give me a job. It's like, yeah. no, hold on a second. You've got to prove yourself to this individual. Um, don't waste anybody's time. Yeah. And I think when you're junior, that's exactly what you think a mentor does is you walk into the room, there's somebody more senior and they're going to think you're amazing and they're going to hire you after having one coffee with them because you're like, I'm amazing. They're going to know that immediately. <laughs> and it's like, no, not at <laughs> all. you just proved the point that you're not amazing. You've wasted their time and they'll never consider you as a candidate for that next job. hundred percent. You have to come prepared. You just have to, you know, and that means being a bit more formulaic at the beginning of any relationship. You know, it's like when you start dating a guy for the first time, you've got a book the dates in you know what I mean or, or a girl you got to book the dates in and get prepped and you you know what I mean and then six months in you can meet them in your you know sloppy wear and go sit in the cinema like but it takes prep it takes you know putting that effort in at the beginning to build the trust build the relationship and build two-way conversation yeah and that's one thing I think listeners just grabbing from this it's a relationship and I think that has come out completely clearly is it is a relationship and you have to work at it and if it's not working move on Let's move on yeah. And sometimes, and the, the big difference is you can have multiple relationships at the same time. So we talk about having different mentors for different reasons, and you can have different mentors for different reasons. So if you have somebody who, you know, you think is an amazing public speaker, and that's something that you are trying to work on and towards, you know, you can have them as a mentor in that area. And then somebody, let's say that's a capital markets guru yeah. that you think you can learn from, you can have different, I mean, you can date different people if you want to, I'm not making any <laughs> It's whatever you're into, um, but it's true. And also you've got to find people at the different stages in your career, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, your, your mentors should grow with your career. There'll be a couple, listen, I see Hillary and Rachel all the time, right? And our relationship is still, they're still my mentors informally, you know, they're best friends, but they're equally mentors, but you've got to evolve your mentor to where you are, what stage you are at your career. So someone like Dave now, Dave Atkinson, it's at a stage where I, I'm very clear on what my goal wants to be. He knows that we're all on the same page and we're working to that. So mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't just stay with the same person forever. You've got to kind of, you know, evolve yourself. Or if it's a specific area or skill set that you want to upskill, you've got to find that right person who has the behaviors that you like. Or Dave has the leadership. Uh, he's the same leadership style that I aspire to have. And that's why for me, he's the brilliant mentor right now, because, you know, we, we, we vibe on the same thing when it comes yeah. to leadership. 
Yeah. So let's go, let's, let's go to that point. So finding a mentor, this is a big question. A lot of people have, so you have not been put on the leadership track, let's say at your organization, you have not been put on that formal mentor program, which by the way, I've had very few successful mentor relationships with formal mentoring. I'll just say that straight up. So you're not missing anything. That's my first point. Um, <laughs> and you know, you want to mentor. How do you go about a finding the right person? How do you approach them? What are some things that have worked for you, Alex, that you could share? Yeah, look, uh, to be fair, Dave is now formally my mentor through a, a random, not a random, a development program that I've since started. And I kind of asked for him to kind of be it and actually vice versa, he the same for me. So that kind of has formally formalized. Mm. Um, but I think it's about, first of all, finding, you know, almost stalking the people you come across in your life. If you're going to pick a mentor, especially from a work element, I think it needs to be somebody who sees how you operate and work because um, it, as one mentor because I think if you want feedback and that's one big thing that I've learned um is I need feedback they've got to be able to see you in real life right so don't go too far away from home in terms of your mentor um so and stalk a little bit like I don't mean online stalking like some crazy person but I mean if you're in meetings and you see how somebody is betraying themselves and there's something in that that you are attracted to or you are impressed by you know reach out to them, but don't reach out to them with this random email saying, Hey, I, you know, can we have a coffee or more like, look, I'm at a stage in my career where I really want to progress. Um, I like, you know, you've got to, in Ireland, we say the word plumos, right? So it's kind of like you're, you're trying to warm them up or you're trying to kind of, you know, say you're amazing, please, can you help me? So you've got to kind of say, look, I'm, I'm at a stage. There's something about you I really love. And I'd love to spend some time um, to get to know you. Don't ask them straight out to be your mentor. Go and meet them for a cup of coffee or virtually or whatever um, and have a conversation and say, listen, I'm at a stage. I think you might be able to help me. Would you have the time to either formally or informally mentor me? So don't go straight in cold saying, can you mentor me? It's like, you know, hey, you know, do you want to have a kid together? Listen, we've been on date number two. Like it's time to row back there. Hold on. So go and just intro yourself to them, you know, and equally through that coffee, you'll get a vibe. You'll get a feel as to whether or not the person you saw in that meeting room or in that conference is the person that you want to have a bit more of a longer term relationship with. Um, so I would stalk the people around you. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of somebody recommending a mentor. They might say to you, listen, I've know somebody you might want to have a coffee with, go for the coffee. Mm. But if someone pushes you down a route and intros you and says, this now is Kimberly's now your formal mentor, proceed with caution still have that coffee and if it doesn't work out or you don't get that initial vibe reach back out to the development people or whatever program you're on or course and say listen it's not working so yeah slow gentle can we get to know each other conversation before you go all in please will you be my mentor yeah and just i mean shout out to jody who i've had on a previous uh previous call he's he was a formal he was actually a sponsor as opposed to mentor which i talk about in that episode and again he's been he's moved into more of a mentoring relationship with me and he's been phenomenal so agree that you can find some gems in those yeah. formal ones totally. yeah, absolutely but you also need to be aware of the fact that if it's not working ask for somebody else ask for what you need i think this is this is probably the point i want to get across is if you are not getting out of the mentoring relationship what you need, move on because it's not worth it to sit in a mentoring relationship that someone else has set up for you, that a program has set up for you, that yeah. someone else has introduced you to because you feel some sense of obligation based on that. 
yeah you're in a formula and you think you've got to stick with it but I think the other thing is you need to self-reflect going into any relationship right what do you want this mentor for right and if it's oh I want a new job it's kind of probably the wrong attitude so is there a skill is there a behavior is there something you want to dial up in yourself is it confidence and know in yourself what you want them to help you with you know what I mean I think that's really important that you've reflected on yourself and around your development and you know, you have conversations all the time around your personal development plans. They're really important, um, but don't let them be a 2D piece of paper. You know, bring them to life, make them 4D. And you've got to then bring that to life for your mentor so that they know what you need to kind of bring that and move that forward and get the motivation behind it. Um, so you've got to reflect on yourself around why am I doing this? What do I want to get out of it? So again, you're going into it very clear about what your expectations are have that conversation then with that mentor around kind of what you're trying to achieve. I remember years ago I went and I was, I was in, I was kind of starting to have a bit of a, a mentor relationship with Hillary and was kind of semi-informal and formal. And she asked me, you know, well, what do you want out of this? And I sat there with my mouth open going, um, I want to progress my career. And she said, okay, we need, we need, we need to sit down and go through what your development areas are, you know, what excites you, what are you interested in, where do you see yourself? I'm not saying in a specific role, but who do you want to be in 10 years' time? And and it was a big life lesson. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you gotta be clear. Absolutely. And we've heard that from all the mentors, I think, have said exactly the same thing is you know, a lot of people that get approached to be mentors are approached by a lot of people because they are good at what they do and people recognize that and want to emulate that, want to learn from it. So tell that person, I can't remember what the word was used. It was a, say the word again, when you're buttering somebody up. Plamos. Plamos. It's a a made up word. Plamos. I like it. I'm going to say it's Gaelic. We're just going to put that down as Gaelic. I don't even, don't even people, please don't search it because it probably means something totally different. And please, can you, yeah, if it's a swear word, apologies to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Censor the word. I was using a word when we moved to the UK that I found out was a swear word. Like I was using it quite regularly in my parlance and my, my lovely PA pulled me over one time and was like, I don't think you know what that word means. (laughs) She's like, you don't swear on a normal basis. I'm pretty sure you don't know what that word means. So I'm not going to repeat it again here, but you guys can all guess what that was. So plumos, but definitely telling somebody, this is what I like about your style. This is what I, this is what is attracting me to you. Exactly. This is why I'm swiping right or left. I've never used Tinder, so I don't know. (laughs) Married. Um, I use it for my friends. I swear. Okay. 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 (laughs) I'll take you at your word. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just getting getting in touch with that person and saying, this is why. And people have said, be very specific about it. And, you know, I reached out to somebody. I've gone up to people after huge conferences where I've found out that they are a lot more known and senior and important than I knew they were. Because <laughs> I just went up to him. I was like, oh my goodness, I absolutely love you. I love all the work that you're doing in this space. I would love to get together and have some chat. This is what I'm doing. Here's my resume in 10 seconds. Can we get some time together? You know, and and that's where you have that initial coffee, that initial chat. Yeah. And that's where you can find out, okay, actually they look really good on stage, but behind the scenes, they're actually not a nice person, or I don't want to be anything like this person. Or you can be like, wow, they're even better than I thought. Can you please be my mentor? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. hundred percent. So as you've gone through these mentor relationships, you've had some good, you've had some bad, you've taught us how to kind of find somebody making sure we have the plumas <laughs> um, when we get in touch with them. And uh, I just wondered along this journey, what's something that you've actually discovered about yourself? Uh, um, I hate, I used to hate feedback. I used to hate uh, critique. I would sit there and be like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I would do absolutely nothing with it. You know, I would always, I, I would think I knew best. Mm. You know, my father would shoot me like, you never know best. There's always something to learn. But in my slightly more, you know, um, cocky self, maybe as my younger years, I was like, I know, what are they talking about? They don't know me. Um, and that's with, you know, Hillary and with Rachel who had to knock me down a peg or two to make me realize, no, feedback is essential. You've got to be open and you have to self-reflect. Um, so in every situation, whether it be something very simple, whether it be getting feedback from a mentor, whatever it is, self-reflect. You know, you don't know everything. People's advice, they're giving it to you for a reason. They're there to support and guide you. If you've built that relationship and you have that trust. Um, so I've, I've learned that I need to be open to feedback um, and not to be afraid of critique because with critique comes greatness. If you kind of flip it on its head, um, so I've absolutely learned that. I've also learned to stop apologizing. Mm. Um, you know, my opening gambit will always be to apologize or to say, oh, I'm so sorry, or oh, oh, not to bother you. Um, you're not bothering people. You're asking them a question, you know, um, and that's why as well, when you're, when you're looking to have coffee with, my dad would always say to me, forget grades, forget how senior people are. People are people at the end of the day, right? And if you're coming at them with a open request, don't be apologetic. Go at it and say, look, I, I'd love to get to know you more. I think we could build a relationship, whether that be a formal mentor relationship, et cetera. Just go into it. Don't be apologetic. You, you, you know, there's nothing to be sorry for. It's a compliment. So I've learned not to be as apologetic, whether it's asking for a new relationship or whether it's, you know, at the beginning of the meeting, I had uh, a previous line manager would always say to me, stop apologizing. Mm. Um, and my mentors have said that actually every mentor, if you got them all on the call today on the podcast, they would all say to you, they've all given me the same feedback over the last couple of years. Stop apologizing, stop being apologetic. Um, you know, usually when you're asking for something's for a reason. Uh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I mean that's fantastic uh just I mean exactly because I mean you sit there and you get feedback and I think your first reaction is wow you're wrong I think I think honestly you and it's in a lot of people listening to this again will have a bunch of a-type personalities people who have pushed through done it on their own they are, have been right most of the time they've gotten to where they are because they're right people listen to them and it is, it's hard to hear when there's an imperfection or a crack or somebody's noticing something that you might not notice about yourself. It is, it, it, not, it, it, it knocks you because you're so confident in your own head, but there, it's there for the, for a right reason, right? You might not wholeheartedly agree with all of it, but there's an element of it that you know in the back of your mind is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And it's about self-reflecting and going, do you know what? I need to think about this. And it makes you think about it and you change. And the other thing I would say is be open to the fact that you've changed something. Be open to the fact that you've gotten some critique and you've improved yourself and you've moved forward. Um, but I think what I've learned is that, you know, taking a piece of critique and flipping it on its head and moving it forward and giving yourself confidence and momentum, be proud of that. 
Mm. You know the way sometimes you, 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 you give someone critique and then next week they tell you that they've done something and you're like, oh, did you get feedback on that? And they're like, oh no, I've always had this idea. No, own the critique, own the feedback and own the improvement, I would say. Absolutely. And there's a phrase that's used a lot, at least in the UK, where people say, oh, it's only me. So they pick up the phone, they say, hi, it's, oh, it's only me. It's only me. It's not only you. It's me. You're there. You're talking to them. Don't, don't start with apologies. Don't start with it's only me. And also don't ask people, this was some advice I got in an email is, you know, oh, if you have some time, could you, or would you mind? We do that a lot in emails and you don't need to be overly directive, but when you look at your emails, take a second and see if you're apologizing See if you're trying to get a piece of time from somebody, that kind of thing. And actually take those phrases out and put them back in and say, I look forward to hearing from you or, you know, let me know if you have any questions, that type of language, as opposed to that apologetic language. Completely. I absolutely agree. And it, it take, the other thing I would say about all feedback and critique, whether it be through a mentor or elsewhere, it takes time to adopt. So don't kill yourself if you don't do it straight away. Right. But that's when a good mentor relationship works well, because they will prompt you the next time. Mm, absolutely. And, you know what I mean? and that constant prompt of you're getting better, but next time, next keep time. Going. Yep. Keep trying, keep trying. That's fantastic. And so we, we are coming pretty close to the end. Uh, and I have to ask you the final question, which we ask all of our guests. So I'm super excited to hear what this is. And that is, what is the best piece of advice you've either given or you've received, or I love to say you've overheard someone telling someone else? <laughs> so the best advice um, is from, a, from Rachel, one of my mentors. And I, I was at a pivotal moment in my life. I, I decided I was going to take voluntary redundancy from a bank that I'd worked for for 13 years. And I was, I was about to get married. There's a lot of life changing stuff going on. And um, I was like, I'm going to take voluntary redundancy. I'm not sure. And she said, there is no bad decision here. It's about how you take the change and you move it forward. So whatever road you choose to go on, you go on it with gusto because you're going to put your all into it. And what's meant to be will be what, you know, as long as you are committed um, and that you know where you want you, you have a bit of an idea of where you want to go and you're committed to your decision. So don't make a decision and sit on it, make a decision and drive it forward. Use it as the momentum for change. You know, there's a reason you had a scratch and you've itched it. Now you've itched it, put the bandage on and go forward, forward, forward. Don't look back. Um, and it was the best advice because at the time I was freaking out thinking, what am I doing here? I'm walking away from a career where I've got great goodwill. I know what I'm doing, I'm progressing. But I wanted a change, obviously, you know, my life was changing, my personal life was changing, I, I wanted to change, but I was nervous. And she just basically took away that those concerns and gave me the confidence in myself to make the decision. Um, so I think that was really good advice. And I, I've used it since um, and told people to stick, you know, you've made a decision for a reason, stick with it and work forward and whatever the outcome, it's because you've driven behind it. Um, so yeah, that was some really good advice that Rachel gave me. That's fab. And I think if you, if you are driving forward and you recognize at some point that you're on the wrong path, so this is, this is the other part of this advice is you're driving forward. You are on the wrong path. You can always shift gears. And that is so important to recognize and just plow forward on whatever the new road is. <laughs> exactly. You're master of your own destiny. You know, what will be, will be, and what's, what's for you and past you. It's a bit of a, an old Irish saying we say a lot that, you know, it's your commitment and your drive into making something successful. It can only come from you. It can't come from anybody else. Um, 
but don't be afraid to change, you know, embrace it, you know, dive straight into it if you can. Okay. Some people will be more hesitant, but make a decision and, and commit. Um, and it, like you say, if it doesn't work out, you make another decision and you commit to that. Um, and as long as you're honest and you self-reflect and you're true with yourself, you'll find your way there. Fabulous. Alex, it has been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Our marvelous mentee. Thank you for helping us wrap up this season. Thank you for having me. It's been absolutely lovely. I loved having Alex Wollahan Black on the show today, and I hope you found this final episode of Marvelous Mentors has helped you discover something new and maybe gave you some hints on how to get, keep, and even dump a mentor. Please do like, subscribe, and rate this podcast. We'll be back next week with our brand new season of The Undiscovered You called The Authentic You, where we'll be getting some helpful top tips on how to be your authentic self in the workplace. Please do join us then. See you next week.